0: Good morning. Today's scripture reading is Acts 9:36 to 43. Now in Joppa there was a disciple whose name was Tabitha, which in Greek is Dorcas. She was devoted to good works and acts of charity. At that time she became ill and died. When they had washed her they laid her in a room upstairs. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples, who heard that Peter was there, sent two men to him with the request, Please come to us without delay. So Peter got up and went with them, and when he arrived, they took him to the room upstairs. All the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing tunics and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was with them. Peter put all of them outside, and then he knelt down and prayed. He turned to the body and said, Tabitha, get up. Then she opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her up. Then calling the saints and widows, he showed her to be alive. This became known throughout Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. Meanwhile, he stayed in Joppa for some time with a certain Simon, a tanner. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word.
1: So this text today, I switched to Acts um, for the coming weeks. We're building up to Pentecost, uh, which beyond being the day everyone, if if you're new here, on Pentecost we all wear red. Um, I don't know why, Uh, that's the liturgical color, but that's uh, so that's why we do it, but Pentecost is the day when the Holy Spirit comes on the early church and we celebrate the birth of the church. Anyway, I'm looking at some of the Acts texts leading up to uh, that time, because I I liked some of the stories that were in there, and I'm noticing that Luke, who wrote Acts, is uh, lifting up a lot of different women out of that story in the lectionary, so... Uh, and today, we hear this story about uh, Tabitha. is one of several stories in the Bible where people are raised from the dead. There's uh, this uh, woman Tabitha in Acts, and there's Lazarus in John, and there's a young girl in Mark 5 who is raised from the dead. If we go back to the Old Testament, Elijah raised a young man from the dead when he stayed with the widow in Zarephath or some city I can't pronounce. Uh, and of course, Jesus is resurrected from the dead. But this is another resurrection that seems uh, to happen. Uh, and there's uh, again, it's not that unusual, oddly, in the Bible. In fact, in Matthew records that when Jesus died on the cross, that the tombs opened up and people got up and walked around. Go look for that. We never see that in the stories, but it says that tombs of people, tombs broke open and everyone got up and walked around. So there were all, like there was this mass resurrection happening on the day Jesus uh, was hung on the cross. So very strange things and. This might prompt someone to wonder what's the difference between Jesus' resurrection and all these other resurrection stories. And I suppose, uh, you know, as we celebrate this of Easter, we can recognize that for one thing, uh, Jesus ascends to heaven after his resurrection and spends a few days wandering around and then ascends to heaven and promises us the Comforter or the Holy Spirit, which again is what we celebrate on Pentecost So that's a big difference. I would say the other thing is there's a difference between resurrection and resuscitation, too, right? The one one assumption is that Tabitha and Lazarus and all these other people who were raised from the dead, they go on, they live their life, and then they die of natural causes or something like that. Hopefully not soon. It would seem. Silly after if they died a couple of days later but <laughs> uh, but they go on they live their life and they unlike Jesus who ascends to heaven so there's a difference between the the spiritual connotations of what a what resurrection of Jesus is versus kind of these resuscitation stories where people are brought back to life. however, there is an obvious connection there too, and the other thing i, I To be honest, it's kind of a pointless conversation because these miracles are never about the miracle. Right? Miracle, healings, demon exorcism, raising people from the dead, those are merely vehicles for some deeper, significant meaning. Right? It's never, it's never, it's never the point that, wow, look, he raised from the dead. That's just kind of a, a superfluous detail. You know, quite frankly, any anyone, you're, anyone in the in the Bible worth their salt, if they're someone we want to listen to, they better have have a couple miracles under their belt or a couple of healings or something like. That. You don't want to follow a Messiah who doesn't have a couple of good demon exorcisms under his belt. So that's just part and parcel with what it is to be a Messiah. So you, the miracles are always about something else. They're they're not just about something remarkable happening. They're always a vehicle for some deeper meaning. And in searching for that meaning in this particular story um, this one's a difficult one because unlike some of the other stories it's not explained to us what this was about uh, and you really have to kind of look at the broader context for example Peter just uh, just healed someone in the verse prior to this story uh, when he's in Lida And he healed a guy named Ananias, or Ananias, who had been bedridden for eight years. And so on the heels of this story, we have this story about Tabitha, who's also known as Dorcas. And maybe this is about establishing Peter's authority. Here, uh, uh, you know, here we are, uh, the fledgling church, Jesus is no longer around, who's in charge? Peter's in charge. We've established, and maybe this is about establishing his authority. He kind of goes around and does. He heals people, raises people from the dead, kind of doing all of those kinds of things. So uh, in this fledgling church, maybe that's what this is about. It's about acknowledging Peter's authority. Peter seems to be carrying out the acts of Jesus even after Jesus' ascension. Maybe that's what this is about. Although, I, to be honest, I think the focus of this story is on this woman, Tabitha, who is also known as Dorcas. Both of which mean, Dorcas is the, the Greek version of Tabitha. Tabitha is Aramaic. Both of which mean gazelle. I don't know what significance that has, but that's what her name means. So this woman named Gazelle... Uh, the fact that she has she's a fascinating person. The fact that she has both an Aramaic name and a Greek name mentioned means that she kind of straddles both both worlds here. She is a Jew who lives among the Gentiles in this Greek heart in this Greek port town Joppa, and lives among the Gentiles and works among the Gentiles. I had, I was. Uh, talking to... I was at classes last weekend, and I was talking with my professor about this text, because, you know, I like to get my money's worth (laughs) out of these people. So I was asking her what she thought this text was about, where she thought I should go with it in the sermon. And uh, her observation was that uh, that Tabitha is a hyphen. And she meant a hyphen between the Jewish world. Peter, Peter, you know, heals Aeneas in Lydda, uh, who is a Jew, and then encounters Tabitha, who is a, a Jew living in a Gentile world, and then the very next story we have is Peter with Cornelius, who's a full-on Gentile, and uh, has this incredible encounter that opens up the kingdom of God in a way that uh, people had not imagined prior. So, th- you know, this this story kind of serves as that transition between, uh, between a ministry to the Jews and a ministry that's opened up broader to the Gentile world as well. So yes, she is, Tabitha is a bridge between these two worlds indeed. However, I think she's much, much more than that. Uh, You know, the whole town is mourning this woman's passing. Uh, And when they see Peter coming, they run up to him and show him the clothes that this woman had sewn and provided to the poor widows in their town. And you know, sometimes when someone dies in first century Palestine... They have to hire mourners. They hire professional mourners. You want to get someone who's really loud. I would have been good at this. Uh, you want to get someone who's really, really loud. And they put on their they put on their mourning clothes and they wail and they do that <laughs> thing and they wail and they carry on and they beat their chests and they do all these things. And sometimes you have to hire them because. You know, no one's really into it at the time, but they, they serve an important purpose. The mourners uh, let everyone know that someone has died in the town. So that's it's it's kind of a, it's kind of like the the prayer tree, only uh, different. So uh, you know, they but these were not professional mourners. These were the real deal. These were people who were genuinely mourning after Tabitha, who was a woman who did so much with compassion, who cared after the widows of Joppa, who took care of, who, who shared uh, openly and willingly from her resources. We were to assume that she was a woman of some means and, uh, and, you know, she supplied clothing to widows and did all this stuff. And she was beloved in this community and this whole community mourned her passing. And, and she is someone who is known for compassion and caring for the poor and the left out and the disenfranchised and the widows who were a particularly vulnerable class in, in the first century. There was no safety net. Unless you, unless you were a widow who was tied to some man somewhere, either a son or a husband who obviously had died, that's why you're a widow, then, you know, you were kind of left to your own devices and for the early church, widows were particularly someone they cared for and looked out for and wanted to make sure we're taken care of. They're often brought up because they're vulnerable. They're very vulnerable. Not unlike many of our elderly folks today. Another clue here is that Tabitha... Here's, here's an important note. Tabitha is the only woman in the entire Bible where the word that is used for disciple... Is used to describe her. Uh, Matha Treaties is uh, the feminine version of uh, what a disciple is. And in in the Greek language, this is the only woman who's referred to as a disciple. The same word that's used to describe John and James and Peter and Andrew and all of these other disciples are, is used to describe this woman. Uh, she is Christ's hands and feet uh, in the world. And she has uh, been doing the work of Jesus here in Joppa. Uh, and is lifted up for it. I think it has significance that she is called a disciple here in the same way that the other disciples are called. This would would pose a lot of questions about how God operated if, if we recognize how significant it was that she was one of Christ's disciples. And so why was she, ra- I mean, you have to beg the question, why was she raised? Well, is it because everyone loved her so much? I don't think that's, that, that would, that would make God seem a little you know, do you have to be really popular to be raised from the dead? I don't, I don't like the precedence that kind of notion sets. And so, uh, so she wasn't raised because she was so popular. And she wasn't raised from the dead because she was a person of means. That would be even worse if, you know, because she had resources. She, You know, if you have enough money, you can get raised from the dead. That doesn't smack of, you know, that doesn't sound very good either. Uh, so why was she raised from the dead? She was raised from the dead to show that death does not win. Amen? Amen. They hung Jesus on a cross... And the kingdom of God prevailed as Jesus rose from the dead and ascended to heaven again uh, 40 days later. Death came to Joppa and threatened to wipe out the good work that the Holy Spirit was doing there through Tabitha. But not today. Not today. Peter, under the leading of the Holy Spirit, raised her from the dead to show that death does not win. The world's best effort to squash the kingdom of God didn't work. And the natural way of things, the the nature of things, and, and illness, and sickness, and heartbreak, that didn't win either. Not today. And it's not that Peter can do miracles, but it's that the work that Jesus was doing in the world when Jesus walked on the earth continues today through the early church through peter and all the other disciples and all the people and up to and including here today the work of jesus continues and we can see that peter is echoing jesus's motions here i think we're meant to understand that this is just like jesus was at work in the physical sense when he was walking around healing people Jesus is at work now, healing people through the Holy Spirit in Peter, in James, in John, in Tabitha. Uh, Peter even is imitating what happens in Mark 5. In Mark 5, Jesus goes into a house, clears everyone out except the closest disciples. And he there's a little girl there who needs to be raised from the dead. And he says, Talitha kum in Aramaic, and she is raised from the dead. It sounds very much like, Tabitha, get up. <laughs> and uh, the, Peter did right here. The work of Jesus Christ continues. And so what does that mean for you and me in the world today? What it means is that the work of God in this world, the kingdom of God lived out, cannot be defeated by death. Amen? Oh, it feels like death is winning, I know. We look around, I, you know, I got up this morning feeling like death is winning sometimes. I'm looking around, I'm seeing it looks like death is winning. It feels like uh, it is the death of all hope. If I turn on the news or something like that, it feels like compassion has seen its last days. It feels like caring for our fellow human beings is on its last leg. And it seems as though love is drawing its last breath. But no, not today. We are Maphides. We are disciples of the living Christ. Compassion is alive and well within us and death will not defeat it. you hear what I'm saying? Amen? Amen. Amen. Peter was empowered by the Spirit of God to continue the work of Jesus Christ in a very real and tangible way, bringing hope to the hopeless, raising those who were low, and bringing in those who are left out. And that work continues today into you and to me. Caring and love and hope are alive and well in us and we will not be taken down by the ills of this world. Amen. For I am convinced along with Paul that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, we hear this message uh, through this life of Tabitha, a short story that's packed with so much, that reveals to us that the work you started before you hung on a cross continues even after you ascended into heaven through Peter, through Tabitha, and through all who were faithful through the years up and to and including today here in First Baptist Church and in the hearts of those who gather and believe. May we be girded for this time. May we stand against the rumors of death. May we live out the compassion and the love and the caring, the new life That is represented by the resurrection of Christ. Be a salve to the wounds of the world. Ask this in the powerful name of Christ.